afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Happy Labor Day. Many folks having the day off. Many folks that have state fairs going on are busy at that. And that's where I'm at. We're still at the Nebraska State Fair wrapping up later today. But it is a Labor Day holiday, which means we've had no markets today. We'll have no markets in the overnight as everything will reopen in the morning. But we're going to take a look at some interesting factors that we're going to see affecting agriculture today. Darren Fry joins us. He is with Water Street Advisors. And looking, I wanted to first start out talking about the fact that we do have a three-day holiday weekend that we're at the downhill slide of. But you guys have had the whole weekend to kind of digest everything that's been happening as we started this month of September. What do you think in trade-wise come tomorrow morning when we see the open at 8.30? Well, you know, it's going to be interesting because we finished last week with uh, a pretty big sell-off in the stock market. And we had that jobs report on Friday that showed about 315,000 new jobs. So that's kind of what the trade was expecting. And and off of that, you got a higher market. I think the Dow was up about 300. The NASDAQ was up 150. But as you know, the market came back to unchanged and really sold off on Friday. It closed the week poorly as well as the energy markets. You know, grains hold on to their gains okay, but everything else in the macro picture really got soft. And I would think that's not a good sign. We know the feds are going to have to continue to raise interest rates. If that jobs number would have been 500, it'd even be worse. It'd be more bearish commodities in the stock market. But just the fact that it was neutral, I think you go back to the wave counts in place, and those wave counts are pointed down. And the reason I want to mention that macro picture for all the listeners, Susan, is I think that is the headwinds. We might have an individual, you know, bullish scenario with corn, wheat, what have you, but they're going to be faced like riding your bicycle into a 20-mile-an-hour headwind. And we know that when you can get that bike turned around, it's like easy, easy pedaling, smooth sailing when the wind's at your back. And so I think that's what we're looking at as we enter this week. Looking at that, uh, beyond the jobs report, there's been a lot of other um, outside government influences, I think, as we continue to hear the talk about uh, student loans, um, recession. I think there's maybe a little bit of background fear that might be in this trade as well. Yeah, you know, the dollar continuing to go up and just the fact that the feds are tightening, they're reducing the balance sheet, interest rates are going up. We're going to see things contract. There's no way around it. And um, you still have the situation around what's going on over in Russia and Ukraine. Yes, the corridor is working, but will it continue to work into winter? Right now it's working. That's providing some competition for our export markets in corn and wheat. But I just think the world is just a mess. And, (laughs) you know, there's just so many moving parts. And nobody knows what's going to happen for sure. Europe, uh, man, coming in the winter, the way natural gas is, the way Russia wants those sanctions lifted, we could have a situation here where natural gas, the lack of nitrogen and fertilizer supplies for next year, you know, these things could just come uh, and separate themselves from the macro picture because of logistical challenges or supply shortages. So I guess the thing I'd want the listeners to know is there's a lot of uncertainty, but the macro picture looks for lower. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Whether we can find a bull story or not within weather, within a balance sheet of any of Archimedes, that's a different story. But I think we will have those headwinds. And again, we want to remind listeners, as they well know, the markets are closed today in observance of the Labor Day holiday. Let's talk about this U.S. dollar. And I know some profit taking that's that's going on. What's your spin on what we've been seeing? 
Well, the dollar's been an uptrend for some time. You know, I'm one that fought that early on, like, you know, six months ago, I was still looking for a top and a lower market, but I've turned to be a dollar bull, and this is what's really making it hard on other countries as their currencies have less buying power, and the fact that a lot of things around the world were financed in U.S. dollars, but nobody hedged their currency risk, and so that investing in whatever you're investing in, real estate, whatever you're buying in U.S. dollars, cheap interest rates, but then if you don't protect your currency risk, that makes it harder to service their debt. And this dollar getting stronger is really making it tough on other countries and in the world economy in general. Now, I do think the dollar has more to go, but I think this 110, 111 area could serve as short-term top and then some type of a pullback before we move higher again. But I think I want to stay long the dollar after profit-taking, maybe rebuy a break, a three-way break. I want to stay long up into the 116, maybe even as high as 120 area. The dollar could certainly continue to melt up because when you see people around the world, like where are they going to put their money? And the dollar, we have our own set of problems here in the U.S., but the dollar is still the best-looking one in the ugly contest, so to speak. <laughs> so I think we're still going to have interest of people coming here. And with higher interest rates, as the feds are going to do, it makes the dollar even stronger and more enticing for foreign investment. So, Darren, how much of a pressure factor do you think that's been playing on our our lack there of export trade at this point? Well, it's affected us. There's no question. That doesn't mean commodities can't rally with the dollar rallying, but it's, it's just a headwind. It's another headwind for our commodities. We had a cheap dollar, and the world needs to buy grain corn and wheat, it makes us more competitive against other people like Russia wheat or Ukrainian corn and wheat or even Brazilian corn. And so the weaker their currency gets, the stronger ours gets, the more out of line our FOB prices are to be competitive. Well, what are we looking at uh, when the fact that we're not getting that vital information, as, as USDA has said, it's going to be a hold off to maybe mid, mid-month that they're going to get this system <laughs> fixed? And I, I use the word mid-month uh-huh. loosely. Mercy. I don't I didn't even know what happened, but I know it's been discontinued. Uh, I don't know if they got a legitimate excuse or just no details come forth. But, um, you know, we're still doing business. Obviously, we just don't know what that business is, and they'll catch us up later. Uh, it really comes at a weird time, a very awkward time for the market as we transition from old crop to new crop. And I think China does have some hunger for bean supply here as they've been short on inventory. All right, when we come back, we'll talk more about the September WASDE report. Stick around, folks. It's a Labor Day version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we'd like to visit with you about reaching your yield goals in 2023 with our high-performing corn hybrids and Extend Flex soybeans. Fontenelle products are locally tested and selected because we know Nebraska. Stop and see us at Husker Harvest Days and remember to see your local Fontenelle dealer before mid-October for the best discounts. Fontenelle Hybrid, solutions you need, relationships you trust. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewards. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is Labor Day and we are catching up on the markets that are closed today. Darren Fry joins us. He is with Water Street Advisories, and, and it's easy to forget we get in such a pattern about markets trading, but there is not an overnight trade tonight, so we'll see a, an open tomorrow morning at 8.30. Kind of gives you guys a chance and us a chance to kind of dive a little bit into the, the what-ifs and the what-ofs of this trade. And we left off, and you were kind of starting to talk about this WASDE report that's coming up, and there's a lot of numbers that are floating out there, Darren. 
what are you thinking and how is this puzzle all coming together with harvest looming? Well, you know, the USDA, when they come out with these numbers, they'll, they'll have more data than anyone else. The PF Farm uh, Tour, they, they did a nice job. They have a good way of doing it. They've been doing it for 30 years. But their number was 168.1 on corn, talking about corn first. I think the USDA might lower their estimate here from what they had in August. Obviously, that was farmer survey. This would be in-field inspection. But I don't expect that they'll go down uh, as much as four or five bushel. They get close to that 168. But I wouldn't be surprised to see us edge down a couple bushels from where they were in August. And so if they do that, um, I think that will kind of be built in to the marketplace because I think the trade is expecting something more than just a couple bushels. So we'll have to see what they say. But when you look at the yield models that are out here, most people yield models are between 171 and 173. Stone X came out with their estimate, and that was that was uh, you know on Thursday of last week, and that was right at the 173.2. And so you know USDA this last month were 175.4. So could they come down two bushels? Sure. Do they come all the way to Pro Farmer two? Or I doubt it. On the beans, conversely. I think we could see them go from that 51.9, maybe even a little bit higher on this report, which would really have everybody stumped. But remember, Stone X came out at 51.8. The tour found 51.7. A lot of the yield models are 51.5 to 52.2. And so maybe the government leaves it unchanged, but they could raise beans and lower corn. And I think that would shock the trade. So what type of early harvest pressure? are we going to see from our neighbors to the south as they get those combines going in the field? Well, things are just starting to, to go here as we pass the Labor Day weekend. But, you know, you've had some early harvesting and shorter season hybrids throughout the, you know, lower part of the Midwest already. And, you know, so far you're, you're hearing some disappointing corn yields in locations, decent corn yields in others. But some early bean yields I've heard are really good. So, even though we've been a little drier, uh, we might find that those bean yields have held up because of the lack of disease and enough moisture in the soil to fill them. But I do think the harvest pressure won't really happen until we get really into about the, the past the first third. We've got to fill the pipeline up. And remember what basis levels have been doing and how we saw inversions in these markets. So we need to fill that first. And then once that's gobbled up, then I think you see more selling as the farmer gets in to understanding what his crop is. So I'm looking for the market to be tamed down a little bit here to the upside with the start of harvest, but I don't think you really see harvest lows until we get past September into early October. So is there concerns with propane, heating oil, et cetera, going into fall and, and, and how that might affect some that have to do dry down? You know, I think it might. I, I don't know about the supply side, but the, the prices certainly have gone up a bunch. I do think natural gas is in the process of trying to top out here. And so maybe hand to mouth will just get cheaper as we go into fall. But as quickly as these hybrids dry down, I don't know how much LP will be used in that process. But obviously we have heating concerns as we move into winter as well. But I do think that natural gas could be topping out here for a bit. Uh, hard to see that with Europe the way Europe is. <laughs> Europe has gone up four or five hundred percent. But we just haven't seen that here because our supply is more uh, certain. As my brother says, and he lives outside of England, he says for many it's going to be the choice between heat or eat this year over in... in That's right, and I know so many, I know the restaurant industry over there and anybody that's running a commercial business, 
I mean, this, this cost of heating, this cost of firing whatever they're trying to fire for their business is killing them. So before we wrap up, I wanted to get your thoughts on the bearish long-term feels of livestock. Yeah, I think, you know, we're in a corrective phase here in the hogs. Um, obviously, I was looking up, but we've rolled over. And I think that same thing is going to happen in the cattle as well. I'm not looking for a bear market to uh, unfold here, but I do think we have some more downside here to go in hogs before that correction is over. Maybe another three to five bucks. And also in cattle, I think the cattle here are a good hedge for lower prices here to come over the next couple months. And I think the fundamental reason for that, Susan, is just, hey, if we get some headwinds here with recessionary talks, higher interest rates, we could see that really be hard on the protein sector, at least until we find out more about what our economy looks like. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? They can look me up on Twitter at Fry underscore WSS, F-R-Y-E underscore WSS, or call us toll-free at 866-249-2528. And I always remind folks, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local healers on the World Radio Network.